Just think of that uh, Futurama episode with uh, William Shatner singing to that, you know, like space blob thing that is really into Star Trek. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. It's like, how did he find a way to do the real slim shit? He's like, he found a way. He found a way. The way the way whoever the voice worse. actor says it, he found a way. I always think of that. I'm like, surely it couldn't get worse. No. They they found a way. They found a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey everyone, my name is Marcus. And I'm Tom. And this is the VF and Comics and Graphics Podcast. I almost forgot the name of the yes. podcast we were doing. I think you were focused on whether or not we hit the beat on our names. And you're like, know. oh, did we do it? <laughs> Mindfulness. Do this right. Um, so this week we just have a little bit of catching up on some different kinds of news, some interesting things that I saw. I have a pitch for Tom for a new segment for the show. And then Tom and I, for our main conversation, are going to talk a little bit about uh, series fatigue. I know there's a lot of superhero fatigue when it comes to the movies right now, and there's even comic book event fatigue. But I want to go even further into something where there's just too much of like a series. It doesn't even have to be a crossover for you to get fatigued about. Um, but I will start off with something a little bit happy. So, Tom, last week I talked about, I started reading, uh, finally, a webtoon by DC Comics called Wayne Family Adventures. Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was glowing about it. I was so excited. And it's just, it's a chill slice of life for the Batman family, which has like... 30 people it's um but it's so great that it's given everyone their little moment in the sun and of course the week i finally start decide to start reading it dc has announced that they are going to start releasing three more webtoon series and they're based on characters that i'm a little bit surprised because these characters are not like they're a-list characters this isn't a superman webtoon a Flash or a Wonder Woman. Who, uh, who's this? Sorry. So um, there are three different ones. One is about the character Vixen. Vixen, I'm most familiar with from uh, Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon, but even more so from her appearances in the CW DC universe. Another one is about Red Hood. Okay. And the Outlaws, which people know a little bit more about the Red Hood. Yeah. Um, but he has a team that includes Artemis of Benham McDowell and Bizarro. Yes, that Bizarro, okay, the okay. Superman villain. Um, and they have a team called the Outlaws. 
And then the last one is about Zatanna, who is a powerful magician in the DC universe. And it's called Zatanna and the Ripper. Really cool characters to pick up for uh to explain to you what's going to happen in vixen it's called vixen nyc it's about vixen in her first year of college and living in new york now vixen has a special medallion amulet that kind of gives her the ability abilities of animals okay any animal that she chooses and this book seem or this series on webtoons looks like it's going to cover like her early time in new york it says, it says, she is hit with an energy that gives her the power of the animal kingdom. That's exciting. But then it's dot, dot, dot of New York. And I thought about all the animals in New York, like pigeons. And, and rats. rats. <laughs> yeah, that was like what I thought of too. Of like, oh, is it bound? Like, she has to see the animal? Because in New York, that ain't great. Like, her yeah. options are, are really limited. <laughs> so they could be playing this for laugh. It could be... Just really interesting to see what kinds of abilities she pops out. And then it might surprise us with some of the animals they use too. But it's also about a young woman learning how to be an adult. So I think it's going to cover a little bit of that and use its setting to its advantage. I also thought of the cockamouse from... Um, yes, the cockamouse. How I met your mother. Yes. <laughs> it's a cockroach and a mouse. They had a baby. It, yes. It's, it's interesting pregnant. that it's Manhattan because usually like... I'm used to DC stories taking place in fictional cities, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, it's it's interesting. I wonder like how New York it feels, you know, like reading it like. Well, and they recently moved. Uh, there's a Batman series about a well, he's the Batman of he's the next Batman, I guess. And it's Luke Fox, one of Lucius Fox's sons. Oh, awesome! And he has moved to New York to be the Batman of New York. Oh, okay, all right. Recently. Yeah, really interesting, because usually Marvel is who you think of when you think of Yeah, of, like, actual cities. Because I was thinking, like, you know, with, like... And I think, like, they said, like, Metropolis is in the Northeast, but it's not New York. It's, like, near Delaware, right? Or something like that? Something like that, yeah. it's up And there. then, is where's Gotham City? Is it... Or is it around where Chicago would be? Like, because, I mean, I just... I guess that because that's where Nolan filmed it, and so... When I think of it now, I think of Chicago, but I always feel like it gets moved around a lot. Uh, famously, those two cities are across the bay from each other in Batman v Superman. And oh, that's right. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Forgot about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that was a decision that got made. Um, so um, I couldn't tell you for sure. I know that Gotham itself is based on a neighborhood. Uh, originally based on a neighborhood in New York City, so it's kind of meant to as like to stand in as that neighborhood at night. Okay, um, yeah, and that makes so sense. I think, I think sure. it's around. It's I think I believe it's East Coast as well. But anyway, that's really cool, and it does like you said that these comics are real slice of life. Like they're supposed to feel like everyday life, not necessarily like the kind of craziness that uh, like the issue brings, right? Yeah, like and so like it, doing it, that, I think, really lends to that. You know. Even in the Wayne family adventures, every so often you get a bit of a peek of like one of their adventures where they're stopping a villain, but it's focus on the character interactions more than anything else. Yeah. And so the next one, I I don't know how they're going to do this exactly. It would be a very interesting slice of life. And I'm wondering if they're going to use the same Red Hood Jason Todd for this series, Red Hood Outlaws, as they're using for Wayne family adventures. Or if they're just not worried about continuity. And it's fine if they're not worried about continuity between their webtoons. I, I don't care. So the, the synopsis says, 
the outlaws are trying to go legit and fell spectacularly. The Justice League has issued a challenge to Red Hood, Artemis of Bonham McDowell, and Bizarro, who have to try and replace their goody two-shoe counterparts as the heroes the world neither deserves nor needs. And so I feel like it's going to be... I feel like this book might end up being more slapstick about like, about like some anti-heroes who are, I guess, I guess the tone I'm hearing, if you've watched any of the Harley Quinn show on HBO max, it's very much making, it makes fun of like some of the goody two shoe stuff and has fun with the source material. It's not overly self-serious. So I get that vibe out of this one from the description. Um, yeah. Maybe it won't be as vulgar as Harley Quinn on HBO Max cassette. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It is. I like this art from. I, the, I, I can't cinema. wait to read these. Like, I'm, I'm down. Uh, and the last one is about Zatanna and the Ripper. And I immediately was just like, like Jack the Ripper. Why are they? What does Zatanna have to do with Jack the Ripper? Surely that's not it. I read the synopsis, and it actually is about Zatanna. Uh, Zatanna having to figure out who Jack the, investigate Jack the Ripper awesome. in the 1800s. So she's gone back in time and I'm hoping that they use the series, even though I'm sure it might also be lighter to explore some of uh, the magical side of the DC universe, especially the dark magic, because it does say that it's going to have Constantine show up. I just, I always love it when one of the DC books explore the magic world because I feel like they don't get touched enough. I know uh, in recent years we had a Justice League Dark that Wonder Woman led a team of magic-based characters and also Man Bat was on the team. Which oh, is really cool. weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was real. It was so, 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 so good. And the villain was just so much better than any other uh, villain out there. And so I'm sure this won't be as dark. But I'm excited to see what they do with DC's magical side of the universe. Because even though it's 1800s, there are some characters like Etrigan the Demon, who only speaks in rhyme. Um, it's just, he's a demonic knight. Yes. Uh, but he has existed throughout time. Maybe they'll show up in some other characters like that. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, yeah, so those are the three Webtoon series that are coming out. Uh, if you don't know what Webtoons is, you can go to, you can Google search Webtoons, or you can download the app on your phone. And basically, it is these amazing free series that you can read on any device. So definitely just through go the check DC, that out. Just through the DC app? No, not the DC app. It's a Webtoon app. Oh, because it's its own thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. DC just recently hopped on to webtoons. This has been going on a while. There are tons of creators for these webtoons. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and DC is just also publishing on that site. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. You know, and as nice as that is, I do want to talk about something that's not super nice. And that is, I put the title DC and the WB dumpster fire, because this week has kind of been, shit for dc um first off uh bleeding cool reported but a bunch of sources uh, reported that basically the hbo max chief the chief revenue officer the chief technology officer the chief financial officer the executive vp the chief human resources office and uh the exec vp of communications 
and Warner Media's general counsel will, are going to exit Warner Brothers once Discovery and Warner Brothers oh, merge. merging. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot they were merging. Which, like, that's a... That's a shakeup right there. Damn. That's a shakeup. And even more recently, I didn't realize this, but the chair and CEO of Warner Brothers and the CEO of Warner Media has also recently exited the company. Why? Why? I, 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 it doesn't say. And the, the, the chair and CEO of Warner Brothers apparently was a supporter of like the DC comics, you know, aspect of things. So this is concerning, not just, this is a dumpster fire, not just because of the shows and the movies, because that's been its own dumpster fire now for over a decade. Yeah. But how this will affect things moving forward for any of the shows and movies, because some of them have found some success. The, the most recent, the Suicide Squad movie found a lot Peacemaker, of success. Had a, Peacemaker. Had a spe- yep. Had a and Doom Patrol. Peacemaker. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Really great. Titans, yep. no matter how you feel about it, is about to go into its fourth season. Okay. Um, Harley Quinn's in multiple seasons. But I'm also worried as a comic reader, there is a chance that, you know, we'll have the number of series that DC is publishing being limited, which might not necessarily be a bad thing, but it also means that there might be less risk taking with certain characters. So we're going to run into a problem that we're going to talk about a little bit later and that not risk taking means that we're still going to have like 20 different Batman series. And there's so much more out there. So that is one thing that's getting talked about. But the other shakeup is an element of the dumpster fire, whereas that's the major, that's the main dumpster. Over to the side is a trash can on fire, and its name is Ezra Miller getting arrested in Hawaii. Oh. Um, Because this led, apparently, it's been reported that this led to a meeting between Warner Brothers executives about the future of Ezra Miller in Warner Brothers properties, which isn't just as the flash, which I like him as Barry Allen. He's fine. Yeah. And I'm excited for the flash movie that he's starring in coming out. But remember, he's also playing a character in fantastic beast series, but I don't really like those movies that much. So, so it's interesting that like someone who's starring in two of their major tentpole series. Yeah. Is may, may be out. And, you know, that's concerning. And to me, it's really concerning for the DC universe because Peacemaker had a cameo of some of the Justice League members, including Ezra Miller's Flash. How long are they contracted in to be the Flash? I, I don't know for sure. I'm sure for, you know, like a certain number of movies, it looks like they may be, they might end up buying him out. The concern for me in the DC universe is that Ezra Miller's Flash is one of the few consistent pieces of that universe. Like he, multiple Justice League members are no longer going to be in the movies going forward. I think Ben Affleck's going to have a brief role in the Flash movie, but there's there's just they're dropping their major players. Like their their major actors are dropping like flies and. To me, between the Warner Brothers Discovery shakeup and this, I can see Discovery coming in and just cleaning the slate and just being. Is Discovery like, the bigger company? 
once and it's again on Bleeding Cool, I hear that Discovery is making their way through the entire organization, department by department, and assessing salaries to see where they can make some trims. So it seems like, yeah, Discovery is getting to make some of those decisions. Again, they've had they've lost many of their top executives. They may lose some more. Their Discovery by AT&T is looking like it's coming in and it's going to be cutting off what it feels are useless appendages. Wow, that's crazy to think about. I I I wouldn't guess. It's funny like I guess through AT&T Discovery's bigger cuz I just wouldn't I consume no. so much more from <laughs> Warner Brothers and DC than I do Discovery, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we were talking about before we started recording um, about some game, like we both got PlayStation 5s recently and we we're talking about exclusives and we kind of came up, I, I talked about Bethesda and I was disappointed I won't be able to play Starfield right away because I won't have an Xbox when it comes out. And it seems like we're just in the age of buying up expensive properties. I feel like every day I turn on the news and one major company has bought another major company and it's happening a lot, like just snagging IPs left and right. So we'll see what that all comes down to right now. I'm going to keep reading my DC series that I love, especially one star squadron, the weirdest book I've read in a while. Do you feel like what would be your guesses as to what they'd cut down on? I don't know Warner Brothers structure enough to know for sure. Yeah. I I do feel like in terms of money and time, it depends on if Discovery executives come in with a long-term plan or short-term make money plan. Because if I was planning long-term when I came in, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't cut off the DCIP farm but I would restructure the hell out of it because what they're doing isn't working. And I say that as that some of it works and some of it definitely doesn't. And it's been random, which is a witch. Um, You know, it's like we have a good movie and then then a not great movie, a movie that makes a lot and a movie that doesn't make a lot. It's just, it's been so up and down and it's clear that just not someone there ensuring that's able, maybe even able to ensure the consistent quality and even when it comes to directors, Patty Jenkins, great director, loved the first Wonder Woman movie. And I don't really understand what happened with the second one, but I feel like it really pooped the bed. Man, yeah. And I just I, I like I, I couldn't sit down to watch it again. And, and that was that was like that was the reaction all over Twitter. Like it trended, I remember. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember like I remember right like Brian Altano, I think even Greg Miller, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a massive DC fan. Um, yep. But he was, I, if I remember right, I think like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Greg Miller is like the harshest critic, you know. But if yeah. I remember, I remember, I think Brian Altano being like, "Man, this is not working," you know. Yeah. Um, and one, I, like, I, I, I could. Memory. S- I can see all the ideas that they were trying to do, but when it got put together, it just didn't work. I felt like some pieces got cut up. And then one of the major characters they really built up and were working on was Kristen Wiig's character, who ends up being uh, the villain, the cheetah. That's not a spoiler, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. But by the time she shows up in full cheetah, it's it's a very CG 
blurry kind of like you never get a feel for her as that character and the ending is so ambiguous i know dc movies have said they're not worried about continuity between their movies all of a sudden but wonder woman was definitely a part of the continuity that they did have to the point that the first wonder woman movie is a book ended by bruce wayne sending her a letter and a picture and the Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So when the second one has like this major worldwide magical event, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and the, that that really wasn't the major issue in all of it. I did think they wasted the hell out of the cheetah and Kristen Wiig. It's a lie. That, that'd, be, that'd be a whole other thing to break down. It's true. It's but like that, what Spider-Man 3 did with uh, yep. v- Venom. Just shove, it, it, you know, just shoving three or four big villains into mm-hmm. one story, and you're like, you could have done something re- really cool. And then, and, and then you know, back to my original point of just it's completely random hit and miss, which ends up being good, which yeah. films and shows and all that end up being and not just good critically but also financially successful it was clutch for them to get onto hbo max and Mm -hmm. out of their own subservice yeah and in hbo max there are going to be some movies it looks like like the the uh, batgirl uh, film is going straight to hbo max oh like along with a theater release i think just on hbo max i'm not oh okay okay so they're definitely utilizing that uh, but it's just Warner Brothers has just a sh- has had such shakeups the last few years that I don't know. I, I, I want them to stop throwing crap at the wall and just assess and make something good. Yeah. And I and a shakeup's the only thing I think could do that at this point. So it could be good. I hope so. I you know, I mean, like and if not, I'll just have nothing's changing so i don't well, have anything yeah, well, to worry about something's gonna change right because yeah. new management you know yeah i want to say it couldn't get worse but where's some wood i can work <laughs> on just think of that uh futurama episode with uh william shatner singing to that you know like space blob thing that is really into star trek you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. It's like, how did he find a way to do the real slim shit? He's like, he found a way. He found a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way, the, the way whoever the voice words. actor says it, he found a way. I always think of that. I'm like, surely it couldn't get worse. No. They they found a way. They found a way. Yes. <laughs> that is that is such a fandom episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. For I Star Trek fandom. Reaching it into, into yeah. like niche territory. But that, yeah. that voice stuck, sticks out to me so much. I always, I do, I always hear it whenever someone says a statement like that. I'm like, there's no way oh. that that can happen. And tangent uh, from that episode, this is unrelated to anything we're talking about besides that episode. But when I was a kid, I didn't understand why when Scotty stopped touring with them, they got this guy named Welshy. But I get it now. <laughs> Welshy. <laughs> I, did, I didn't get that. Like, you know, it's like Scotty and you know, Welshy. Like, that makes sense. I was like, Welshy's a weird name. Oh, <laughs> I get yes. it now. And then yes. when he talks and everything, it's just Oh, like, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm following you now. Um, anyways. Super good. Back, back on track a little bit. Um. <laughs> So before we move on, and this was announced like a couple months ago, but I just forgot it was coming out because like most P3 
people, sometimes you just forget something is coming out, especially when there's so many comics out there. There's a lot now. Yeah. Back in, I believe, 2011, there was a miniseries called Flashpoint. And just to kind of recap what Flashpoint was, was it was an event that was only a handful of issues. And in it, you eventually find out, like, Barry Allen, the Flash, wakes up in a world where he doesn't have powers. And everything's very different. There's a, like basically a World War Three happening in Europe, too. And it turns out that Barry Allen had gone back in time to save his mother. And when he did, he altered the timeline. So it wasn't an alternate universe. It was the main prime world completely altered to the point that many characters were completely different. Cyborg was now head of a, a, you know, like it was basically the, the head superhero Superman was nowhere to be found. He, he didn't exist. Uh, Wonder woman and the Amazons were at the war was between the Amazons and Aquaman and the Atlanteans. Wow. It was a very, I thought, good way to reboot your universe with a good story that anyone could understand. If you just read the Flashpoint series to understand what happened, you'd be fine. But in it, they introduced the character of Thomas Wayne. And when I say introduce, I don't mean the first time Thomas Wayne's ever been in a comic. Um, But... (laughs) Barry goes to find Batman because he's like, if anybody can help me fix this, it's Bruce. And he doesn't find Bruce. He finds Thomas. And Thomas Wayne is now Batman. Whoa. Because in the in the alley that night, Martha and Bruce were shot. Oh, man. And that's what you're told. Now, what the my favorite thing about this, and I didn't get all of them, but there were there were lots of three issue miniseries that focused on a character or group of characters that lived in that world, and one uh, was about you know Frankenstein, and another was about Deathstroke, who's kind of like being a pirate, and it just they, they had all these great, and they were just all like three issue limited series, and it was basically just complete retoolings of characters and powers and abilities really clever little ways to expand this small mini series and one of them was called batman night of vengeance and batman night of vengeance three issues have just been recollected in a single collection so it's just three issues so it's not like full graphic novel length and it tells the story basically of who Thomas Wayne is as Batman, and he is nothing like Bruce. For all the criticisms towards Bruce being very damaged Batman, Thomas is more so. That makes sense. I mean, the trauma... I I feel like because he's suffering the trauma as an adult, mm -hmm. like that grief already, because by the time Bruce is an adult, it can be a little numb to it, you know? You just don't know how to process it the same way as a child, I don't think you know no and it shows in that like he's definitely more violent he has been known to kill and thomas wayne is no longer a doctor here in order to upkeep his batman lifestyle while being able to do what he wants at night he actually owns and runs wayne casinos so gotham is more bleak oh (laughs) than normal 
that's an interest yeah. that's such an interesting twist because you're right of like it, you know into the child psychology of like what that event does to bruce wayne but how differently an adult would process it and mm-hmm. like being more rage-filled seems like such a you could totally get there you know and and they get there easily and again it's only three issues and it's incredible and there's a twist that i didn't see coming because sometimes when i'm reading a book i'm not trying to anticipate what's coming so i don't see twists that might be obvious but there's a twist that comes later in the three issues that i found to be just so interesting i couldn't help myself yeah but to love it and you know my favorite thing about all these different series too is at the end of the day in the long-term publishing you know this was barry was gonna fix this blah 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 and change things back to normal which he doesn't exactly change them back to normal and the way and that's really interesting too so because of that there are stakes there are characters that you know maybe don't die but have something happen to them that just punch you in the gut. For instance, I said there was no Superman. And if you're thinking like, you know, how would Barry going back in time change whether or not there's a Superman? Kal-El exists. There's not a Superman. He just never becomes Superman. Not, it's not quite that Or just simple. never comes and, to Earth, or... Uh, uh, it, what happens is sad. I'll say that. Oh, damn. Okay. What happens is, is sad because I mean, Barry goes to look for the entire justice league and he, he just doesn't find them in the same capacity. Wow. Um, and some, and some of them, some of the characters never got their powers and are dead. Damn. And this just came out. You can pick this up. So yeah. So they've, and, and they've re-released. Yeah. The, the collected of the three issues, Batman night of vengeance. And the reason they're doing that is, there is a new series coming out called Flashpoint, uh, World of Flashpoint, I believe. And it's going to focus on Thomas Wayne. Okay. And it says in the original, in the synopsis that he is trying to figure out why he, so Thomas is aware that Barry changed the timeline back. So he knew he wasn't going to exist anymore. Yeah. So when he comes to, he's trying to solve the mystery of why does he exist? Why does the his world exist? Because it shouldn't. Yeah. Wow. Um. So that's a cool uh, series coming up. So that's why they reprinted that because to give Thomas you uh, yes, you could read the back on it. Yeah, you can yeah. like see where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Really cool. Really, really excited for that. Um, I I picked it up. I've already reread through it. It's so good. I might bring it over later. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. And I want to bring me, it over. Like, and Telltale played around with Thomas Wayne too. Remember yes yes and man the telltale games so good good. that was a good story but one other thing i want to bring over for you later uh tom was one i want to see you and give you a hug and hold you too long till it gets weird (laughs) till the night closes in until the night closes (laughs) in (laughs) originally we were going to talk about something different today we were going to talk about um you and Megan and your opinions on ongoing series and kind of y'all's aversion to it somewhat, but Megan's not here. And I really want to get both of your opinions on that. So I picked up a book a couple days ago, um, Batman white Knight, And after reading it, it gave me an idea Mm -hmm. and that, you know, one thing I can't do as a reader or reviewer 
is when I read any DC Marvel book, I have a lot more background knowledge on those characters, where they came from, what that might be alluding to. I might not even realize it's trying to allude to something because it's so ingrained in me to know these characters' histories. So what I want to do is I want to find some superhero books. Think very much like The Long Halloween. Oh, yeah. Or Batman Year One. And unfortunately, I can only think of Batman right now. now. But a, a book about mainstream superheroes that anyone can pick up and it's still good. I read Super or Batman White Knight. It exists in its own continuity. It is its own thing. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought it was so good. I loved Maximum I started... Carnage as a kid, as a teenager. Oh, yes. That was like one and, of my favorite stories. And so basically, I want to know if if you guys were to read something like that, am I just so ingrained with these character histories that I'm able to put things together so it's not confusing? Or is this book legitimately great standing on its own? Oh, that is interesting. That's a good question. Like, would we get the same reading it? Like, would I have the same... would I have the same reaction, you know? Yeah. Would you have the same reaction or just like even be able to appreciate it and enjoy and appreciate it? Yeah. I'm going to find some books like that for you guys and I'm not going to overburden you (laughs) with. No, I mean, they're quick reads. Like I remember like, yeah, long Halloween's a very fast read. I remember reading that so fast. And I'm definitely going to try to find just like standalone. And sometimes it might be a graphic novel. Sometimes it might be a single issue. I want to be able to recommend to people who see Batman issue 1195 and that's intimidating for hopping in. Tom, you got very lucky whenever you started Star Wars years ago and you hopped in at Marvel's new series. Yeah, they right rebooted. Yeah. yeah. But if you were to if you were to go to the comic shop now and you saw issue 43, you might have a different opinion on starting that. For sure. I mean, like I had to catch up on some of the stuff they'd done. Remember they like dropped a planet on Chewbacca and stuff like that. Like I had like that's incredible, by the way, you know, and that's just in the comic series. Cause I, I had read most of the legends books, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I was aware of a lot of the bat canon on that. And, and, and that's, I think where I can kind of approach where you're coming from with like, when you read Batman, but I don't know if this happens to you sometimes with Batman and that sometimes like knowing the stuff from the legends books, I like, I get a little disappointed in where they've changed it now, you know? Um, and that may not have happened as much with Batman cause they haven't really moved that out of Canon, you know, but well, it's one of those interesting things where that happens because especially superheroes that have been around for, you know, 70, 80 years at this point, at at a certain point, they have to ignore stories that came before. They just have to. I've, I've had books where they've taken ideas and I feel like they've done something bad with them, but then they've also taken ideas and done something really good with them. Grant Morrison was one of my favorite Batman writers that did that. He took this old silver age concept of, the Batman of many nations that was real corny and hokey. And he t- turned it into an actual modern day team with his Batman Inc. Uh, Storylines. Yeah. And, stuff. and it was, it was so good. And it was such a great callback to that. Um, but then, you know, like there's been plenty, I'm sure there's plenty of times with superheroes where they make those callbacks or they erase something and do something new that it's like, 
Yeah, you're just like nostalgic for it, or it's like something you really enjoyed, you know. With Star Wars, I just feel, and there's still time for them to come in, but just some characters were, they're 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 just gone now, you know. Dash Rendar, um, Shadows of the Empire never happened. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and I I mean I I feel like they can bring that in. They gotta Shadows is easy to like. No, no shadows we need happen. Bo- we need we need Boba Fett season two instead. <laughs> <laughs> we should have gotten you now like a a nice high budget adaptation of Shadows of the Empire would have been great. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, harder to do because it, like I, the, the trilogy characters are all up in it, you know. But I I'm all for on this group that wants Sebastian Stan to be uh, Luke Skywalker moving forward. Oh, you know, you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen the, the the fan picks that people have done. Looks like him. That's pretty hilarious. That could, that could work. That could work. Man, we've already spent so much time talking on other things. And by we, I think I've been talking. Them <laughs> it's <most>. okay. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I want to go ahead for time wise and move to the main conversation. And we were kind of getting into it there for a second uh, with my idea for the new segment. And that was talking about series fatigue. You know, I wrote here the best thing about many comics, particularly DC and Marvel, is that to me also one of the worst things. And it's that they can go on forever. So their universes are always growing and changing for many years. So I could read about Batman 15 years ago and still get new Batman stories today. And so this gives way to like some amazing storytelling and exploration, but it also leads to fatigue. And I've experienced that recently. And I know you've experienced it before too. But I get fatigued because recently I dropped all my X-Men series. Not because it's bad. They're very good. But I'm reading so much in X-Men. And as a kind of a completionist reader, I want to read all of the things that are coming out in relation to those characters. And it's just become too much. And I'm starting to pass over certain issues or put it away. And I'm just not really enjoying it because it just seems like a workload because it's so much you know i know sales direct decisions that's why we have you know 20 spider-man or 20 batman series i just have gotten really tired of these series where they all have to connect even if it's not every issue but it's you know it's like you know 10 12 different series all connected to each other. Um, You know, there's been books in the past I struggled with on that, where sometimes that shared universe leads to you having to read so many issues. And at first you're like, oh, this is great. I'm getting to live in that world. But eventually you just get tired of it. And so that's kind of something that's been happening to me with X-Men lately. Uh, Yeah, with Star Wars, mainly with Star Wars with me, it was a... um... It's like there were so many to keep up with that it was becoming monetarily kind of crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. at the time, it, like, you know, they launched like there was the main series and then Kanan was a short one, like five or six issues. You know, Afra had her own series. Darth Vader had his own series. Uh, there was Star Wars Adventures just launching at the time. C-3PO, like there, there, there was a droid series, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Obi-Wan had a series. And I was picking all these up because I'd just been like, oh, just put anything Star Wars in my box. And with some of them, it's like, it's not that I was tired of reading them. It's just like, at that point, 
you know, and I don't know if this is like comic sin, but it's just like, I just want the trade paperback so I can collect them all in one go and budget that, you know, that way, you know, because it's just easier for me to like, oh, I want this Darth Vader arc, like Vader down all in one collected thing. That's that. That's and for me, like organization wise, like that's that storyline. Great. I have, you know, I have that because I have the, all those you know, issues in long boxes and it would take me forever to be like, Oh, these are the stories for Vader down, you know, and stuff like that. Like, you know, so I, 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 like, I think your uncle collects them like that now. Right. Yeah. So Jeff, huge, especially DC nerd. And he, uh, got to a point where he started, he traded in. That's crazy to me. Cause I uh, mean, issues like that's in crazy. exchange for uh just the graphic you know the the collections and the graphic novel collections but he was wanting to like downsize the actual like size of it right because i think he was like because he has that room Mm -hmm. um yes oh yeah he's got his own his own room just for that stuff yeah 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 i remember so i think he was like it'll be mine Man, yes. And I and I get you there on just wanting to collect like the collections of the stories that you want to read. And it's this weird thing with comics where so many of them come out in issues first. And if they're not selling as issues, you're never going to see the trade collection unless it's just a super popular character. And that was kind of another reason as I was like, man, these X-Men books, I think, are doing really well. I believe I'll be able to pick these up and trade later and they'll see that that's selling. So maybe that will still be helpful. But monetarily, it's like I can now also keep track. And if they end up, I end up reading that they're not doing well and I'm not liking the storylines, I can be like, cool, I'm just not going to get that now. Yeah. Whereas with the issues, that's not always possible, depending on the size of a print run. And it's crazy that those like stories can just disappear in time. And then later on, if you hop back in or if you're picking it up, you're just unable to get that chunk of the story. And that's where digital comics uh, apps have really helped out. Like I've been able to read a lot of old DC issues with the DC app. Um, And that's something I wouldn't be able to do if I was trying to pick up physical issues because so much hasn't been reprinted for, you know, graphic collections. And again, sometimes characters like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, they'll get the proper treatment of these big collections but I mean, some of the weirder characters don't. I'm having to go find, hand find, single issues that have Frankenstein in them right now. Um, I'm a big fan of DC's Frankenstein character. It's funny that it's <laughs> a DC character, just Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> the books are so good. Frankenstein. No, I, I don't doubt it. So it's just good. like, that's hilarious. Um, so it it just seems like you know, monetarily, there's like some fatigue there, but I've also been facing something of just like, there's so many good things I'm trying to read. And I, you know, I'm just not giving the X-Men the time. And I'm just tired of how much there is. There's so I'd much. Rather come Everything. back and grab it later. You have to yes. pick and choose now. Like half the time, it's like these comic series sound great, but between other hobbies and life responsibilities, it's so hard to there's no way to do it all you know what i mean like to Mm -mm. to catch up on everything in every category you know what's nice with comics it's like i enjoy reading these it is my favorite way to consume stories Mm -hmm. hobby um and so 
I'm able to give it the time that, you know, I'm not giving TV or other things. Yeah. So I want to, yeah. So I just wanted to let, you know, you see if we could talk a little bit about some of that fatigue and remind people that if you're decided to like drop a series or there's something you're just not enjoying anymore, or if you're just kind of tired because you've got too much going on, it's okay to drop something. Especially if you're not enjoying it. And you may return to it later. Yeah. You may not, but there's so much out there. You're never going to consume everything. I really do hope that I return to these X-Men trades later on and catch up on some of the events of the series. But I just kind of need a break right now. You know, like I I spent a good, what, maybe year um, off of DC, actually, uh, after their death metal event. And I've only recently hopped on, and I've been kind of picky choosy about what I get. But now I'm just kind of really swing. The only DC stuff I think I picked up last year was from their black label, which was a lot of standalone, a lot of standalone, like non-continuity based stories, or they were books that were, had nothing to do with their DC properties. They were just published under that label, like the nice house on the lake, Mm -hmm. uh, which has nothing to do with the DC universe. It's just, its own series. That's, yeah, that's really cool. I love stories oh, like that. that. Book's so great. I'm going to be collecting hardback editions of Nice House on the Lake. Yeah, nice. At a later date. It is so good. But yeah, so I think that's going to be it for us this week. Don't forget to join our book club. You don't have to do anything special. You can get the book from the library, but every month we're reading a new graphic novel and we're going to talk about it. And if you go to our social media and join, the graphic novel book club, we can use your input to help inform our discussions because you may catch stuff that we don't. And if you catch stuff that we do, I can use you in an argument against someone who didn't catch it. Yes. And that would be great. And March's, ep- March's episode's already up and you can yeah, still read the book. It's embroideries. So embroideries by Marjane Satrapi. Yeah. And this month we are reading Jimmy, Jimmy Corrigan. Corrigan. I almost said Jim Corrigan. Yes, Jimmy Corrigan. I was like, no, Jim Corrigan is a different character. Jimmy Corrigan, the smartest kid boy on earth. Smartest, I always say boy, the smartest kid on earth. And it's by Chris Ware. And it is looks to be a very different book from Embroideries. If you want to read that, come check it out. And thanks for listening to us and checking us out this week. We will see you guys all next week. Bye.